right, and we are back at it. Yes, this is the never-ending season of Riverdale, it feels like. <laughs> and they're, they're really taunting us now by giving us week breaks in between. Yeah, they're really dragging this. just making this it longer. Out. And it's not like it's a longer season than the others, but it just feels like we're not doing anything or going anywhere or accomplishing anything. So it's just like, all right, can we... Can we be done now? Can we do something yeah. and, and just be done? It's it's pretty ridiculous. We had enough witchcraft bullshit. I thought we were done with like no. it being the main story. You know what I'm saying? Right. This felt like a very River Vale episode. And I have a feeling it's going to continue. Yes. Oh, definitely. Because I think we saw that with Jughead's storyline, most of all. Yeah, we week, were given but, that. But yeah, not pleased, not happy about it. Anyway, this is I Hate It, Let's Watch It. I'm Lisa. And I'm Dawn. And to get us started, here's our 60-second summary. This week's episode of Riverdale is titled Biblical, and well, no one strained any muscles coming up with that one. From the actual biblical plagues to Betty being the whore of Babylon to Kevin's sudden betrayal of Percival, this episode was straight out of Sunday school and we wish we'd skipped this class. Tony and Fangs forge ahead with their wedding despite the fact that Kevin has decided to drop the custody battle, and Tony asks Veronica to help plan it. Despite feeling pathetic and sad about her disappointing life, Veronica agrees, but she keeps running into Percival's plagues along the way. But the real target of the plagues is Archie's construction crew, whom Percival is trying to strong arm back into working on his ghost train. The crew stands firm, which results in Archie sacrificing himself to work for Percival in exchange for their safety from the plagues. While Archie works on the railroad all the live long day, Betty and the others hatch a plan to trap Percival in a magical stockade after burning him with fire doesn't succeed in killing him. But the stockade doesn't work either and he busts out with a vengeance and immediately kills Nana Rose to kick off the final plague, Death of the Firstborn. Lots of people are dead, including Archie, so apparently it's time for Sabrina Spellman to come back around to work her magic. Here's a thought, maybe we just let this happen and we all go home. P.S. Jughead is still in the bunker being tortured by Rivervale things and we can totally relate to his frustration. Oh, can we start with Veronica and how much I hate her guts? Oh my god, she was such a whiny bitch in this episode. What a selfish little bitch. <laughs> I was so annoyed. Yeah, and I love how she just complains about how sad her life is as though she didn't make all of the decisions that got her to this point. <laughs> and I hate that she's like, oh, you all have somebody and I don't. Fuck off. Who cares? The, yeah, right. First of all, pathetic. Second of yeah. all, <laughs> you also drove away all of the men in your life by being an, a raging bitch. Mm -hmm. So, you know, <laughs> like, what, Basically. what are you doing? Like she, and the best part is when she was whining about how her how sad her life is in Riverdale, she used to, and we had to hear She Wolf of Wall Street again. Oh my, I wrote that down. I said, why did I have to hear it we must call it out every time because it's just it's not okay and it's very frustrating that they're still doing it but she's complaining about being stuck in riverdale and it's that like, was her decision yeah and also she broke up with archie because he wanted to stay in riverdale and then she just like gave up on going back to new york because one firm wouldn't hire her because she killed her husband <laughs> rightfully <laughs> so like a ridiculous sentence that i just said but it's I don't know. It yeah. It feels like she stayed in Riverdale because she was insecure about going back to New York given what had happened, given everything with Chad, and was afraid of failure and so decided to just kind of stay and yeah. be mediocre. And now she's whining about it and it's like, oh my God. And I think, too, she felt she had some type of power in Riverdale. Like, a lot of the things she... Right, she was a big fish in a small pond in Riverdale. Yes. So she, Hiram aside, she just could fund things. Like, when it came to the school, that, again, doesn't exist anymore. What school? <laughs> 
they, you know, they'd go to her to fund the football team or, you know, like. Right. She's the richest person. She was needed. Yeah, she was needed. And clearly that's not enough. Like, genuinely needed, not used and thrown to the side. Right. Yeah. And that's clearly not good enough. Like, being a good Samaritan is not good enough for her. No, yeah. She she needs to get something out of it. And I do think mm-hmm. that she was probably very well suited to working on Wall Street because you kind of need that cold, ruthless outlook on life. And, you know, like it takes her the whole episode to come to the realization that she should be fighting for her friends, you know, like that, like she should be participating in this war effort because she cares about people who might get hurt. And it takes her so long to figure out that that's why she's fighting. It's like, it's so stupid. It takes a very, very cringy musical number. Oh, God. For her to realize it. And honestly, I don't know how that musical number got her to that realization because Betty comes up to her afterwards and she was like, that was an interesting performance and is very clearly like sarcastically or at least not genuinely saying like that was good. Veronica was like, oh my God, thank you. I've been waiting to pull that number out for so long. And she goes on about how like she legitimately thought she was receiving a compliment from Betty. And I think Betty was kind of like, um are you okay? (laughs) Yeah, that just goes back to her usual selfishness. And I loved watching everybody watch her. It was probably one of the most realistic reactions of a character towards another character. Well, it reminded me of my reactions to these kinds of things, you know, (laughs) just seeing expressions mirrored on their faces of, of like, oh God, what mm-hmm. is happening right now? It was an uncomfortable scene. And, you know, I never like the musical numbers, so I'm always starting from a low bar. But this was awful. It was it was really bad. I did a rewatch. And when I did my rewatch, I skipped that entire thing. I was like, no, thanks. Not doing that again. Never again. Yeah, that was very, oh, like you said, the musical numbers have that cringe to it, of course. But damn, this was even just the way she sang it. Oh, her voice sounded terrible. I don't know what that was. We're aware that she has talent because she has sang other things before that have been fine or at least Mm -hmm. adequate, you know, like not terrible. Right. And I don't know if she was trying to be pitchy or it sounded like she was yelling more than singing. Like she was just trying to get volume. And so it was really impacting the actual pitch of her voice. But it did not sound good. And they were in pops, no? Yes. Well, the El Royale, which is now Pops. (laughs) So you really don't have to yell there. It's a pretty close quarters. Right. I think the acoustics would be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was was uncomfortable. And I think part of it was just because it was such an unhinged performance and she did not seem to be aware that she was unhinged. Not at (laughs) all. So, and that's why I'm so confused how that led her to realize that she's doing this for her friend. Maybe it was because that was the point at which Betty asked her if she wanted to attend the wedding with her and Archie like they did the dance Mm -hmm. back in the day, which is kind of a weird thing to ask, honestly, because going together, does that just mean that you show up and leave together? Because Veronica was like, oh, I couldn't do that to you and Archie. It's like, do what? Like, what What else is involved in going to a wedding together beyond hanging out? <laughs> yeah, and I'm curious if this, and I'm not doubting anything going forward because it could be anything. I would not be surprised if they became a polygamist family. 
like they're going to take Veronica under their wing and they're all going to live in a house together. Well, <laughs> like, it's Tab- just... Tabitha almost told us who was Endgame. So, you know, we were so close. Yeah. I hated that. That really pissed me off because as soon as Veronica asked them, like, oh, my God, they're not going to tell us. Right. They're like, not going to give this That away. is the, one of the biggest mysteries of the whole show. They're not just going to have Tabitha come out and say it in this one episode. So I knew right. that they were going to leave us hanging on that. But the fact that it's still a question is actually a big concern for me because does Veronica really think that she and Archie are going to get back together at this point? Maybe she felt something in that kiss that made her not yeah maybe him. that kiss wasn't a good idea yeah shockingly. That just, yeah like i cringe at the idea that they're gonna try and force that those two back together because we've come so far you know archie and veronica have gone in and out all over the place all over the ser- the series mm-hmm. and now that he's finally with betty it feels kind of like okay we're settling down now like this is how it's supposed to be we're getting towards the end here but to throw that in there to just tease us with the idea that maybe this is going to be another love triangle like yet again that really pisses me off especially because she just said to betty like b and v forever right and it's just like unless i steal your boyfriend again (laughs) well i mean that's how they would be b and v because it would just be that ongoing cycle of stealing archie back and forth so stupid guys there are better men there are better men out there we just never know who they are because we're stuck in a time warp. Yeah, also, there aren't that many men in Riverdale anymore. So leave Riverdale. There are other men outside of Riverdale. Mm-hmm. We assure you. Oh, my God. My cats are like... <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, that's not thunder. That's cats. <laughs> Stampeding. Okay, I, I don't know. Are we done with Veronica? I guess we can use Veronica to, to transition to the wedding because Tony at asks her to be their wedding planner which is what sends veronica spiraling but i didn't realize that veronica was a party planner did we know this is this one of her jobs on the wiki page i don't think so i think it will be (laughs) i think she added it herself just saying like you know i do this 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 and this let me just add this to my list of things you know i do again stop tooting your own horn yeah and she like calls herself a miracle worker and everything yes i wrote that down i'm like nobody has ever called you that because she's like you know people call me the miracle it's like no no we don't (laughs) no disagree never called you that but all right and so think something about this wedding that is confusing to me is that they're still going ahead with it even though the custody battle is not going to be a thing anymore Mm -hmm. so you would think that maybe tony might have some second thoughts but maybe she seems to be all in on that which i don't know man i don't think it's i don't think it's good news but (laughs) it can't be because uh baby anthony is the uh crucial yes the reason for the season token yeah the reason for the season (laughs) i mean we kind of knew this because i think percival hinted at it or someone hinted at it a few episodes ago uh it's just funny because i feel like that came out of nowhere back then and even now it sounds ridiculous that baby Anthony had anything to do with any of this because it's not like his birth was shrouded in any sort of mystical, magical no. beginnings. Like it was just a baby being born. Just a baby. <laughs> it's just a baby. So the fact that now they're being like, oh, this baby's going to save us from the apocalypse. I'm just like, all right, no, I'm not subscribing to this. I'm curious as to why you think kevin dropped the 
custody battle. I think he realized after he saw Percival, you know, doing his magic, Percival's mind control, I think, stopped because it, like, snapped Kevin out of it. And I think then he realized, like, he was doing a really shitty thing. Like, not even shitty, because we agreed it'd probably be better with <laughs> Kevin. But be. yeah, I think he just realized that a lot of his decisions recently were based on Percival's mind control. Okay. I, I mean, I feel like that's reading into it more than what they gave us. You know, like, I don't think that if that's the case, mm-hmm. they, I don't think they really showed that to us. All we saw was Kevin see him do that. And then he runs off and and says, you know, I'm done with this whole custody thing. But I, I didn't really see how they went together. I don't. I really don't understand it. I thought it was because maybe he has been thinking about the fact that he's not Percival, Percival's, wow, that he is not baby Anthony's biological father. But we he learned that yeah. information a couple episodes ago and hasn't done anything about it. So this change of heart comes kind of out of nowhere for me. And I, it's not that I don't trust it. I just, I, I don't think I understand where it came from. Right. But I guess it's good news because that whole thing was kind of tedious and frustrating. Mm-hmm. So, And it was really nice of him. Although the thing that really made me laugh was when Tony and Fangs are talking to him later in the episode. And they're like, so, you know, we really appreciate that you dropped the custody battle. And, you know, we've talked about it. And we would like to invite you to the wedding. That was very strange. In my head, I thought that they were going to be like we would like to work out a custody, a shared custody schedule with you, you know, outside of court so that, you know, we can all be a family. I thought that's where they were going. And the fact that they were like, you can come watch us get married, even though you were once in love with Fangs. And also we were just all fighting with each other. Yes. And can you please do a musical number? Yeah, it's almost as bad as asking Cheryl to officiate, which I did not understand that decision either. That was cold blooded. Mm hmm. Did we forget that Cheryl tried to curse their union a couple of weeks ago? (laughs) I mean, Tony doesn't know that, but like for us as an audience to be okay with Tony asking Cheryl to officiate their wedding, knowing that Cheryl was so not okay with them getting married, that she literally put a curse on their marriage. (sighs) What are you thinking? What are you thinking? It was a lot. Yeah. That's so stupid. So we find out that baby, amongst the other things that we're going to get into, baby Anthony has to be turned over to Percival before sundown. Right, to stop the plagues, because we haven't mentioned to this point that there are plagues constantly getting in the way of wedding planning. You know, they spoil the food and um, there's like... Contaminate the water system, yeah. So, Which, I have a question about that. Sure. Not even a question, just a comment. When they're like, how Sweetwater River was turned red, right? Like, blood red. And they're like, how is that even possible? I'm like, hello, they turn the Chicago River green every year for St. Patrick's Day. It's not impossible. Okay, yeah, I didn't actually go there, but I was thinking, like, we've seen Percival do all these crazy things. You don't think he could turn a river red? Right, like, just throw some dye in there? Like, what's This the is fuck? what surprises you? I don't understand. Yep. But, yeah, so Betty puts together... That from, you know, her recollection of what happened to her in Rivervale, which totally makes sense because it was parallel universe. And obviously we all have knowledge of what goes on in parallel universes. Mm-hmm. She remembers that her confrontation with TBK led to him calling her the whore of Babylon. And she's doing all this biblical research because of the plagues. And she picks out this whole whore of Babylon thing. Wait, was she called a whore? Yeah, wasn't it? Harlot. Harlot? Yeah, the harlot of Babylon. 
Okay, maybe they can't say horror on the CW. I mean, I know it's the same thing, but I'm like, I don't think they actually said horror. Oh, in my maybe I've <laughs> auto-corrected it in my head because I thought that they were saying horror. Oh, well. But I could be wrong. But either way, um, Cheryl and what's her face? I was about to call her Minerva because of that, that art bitch from like last season. All right. <laughs> Anyway. Yes, Heather. Heather, yeah. They they talk about this stockade that was used to to trap or, you know, trap the harlot of Babylon. Mm-hmm. And they say, oh, we can use this to trap Percival. Yeah, it's inescapable. Yes. And it's basically like a, uh, what do you call it? It's a stockade. Yeah, but isn't there another name for it? I don't think so. Hmm. Put them in the stocks, they usually say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I don't know. It's just uh, that's the only other term I've heard it called instead of its full title of stockade. I've heard it called stocks. Huh. Okay. But I don't know. Maybe you're right. I just I don't know what it is. So but yeah, you can't get out of this thing. Or, you know, so they think she says nearly impenetrable or something. And that right. made me be like, okay, you should probably make sure. But they don't. So they go about this plan to trap Percival. Apparently, Everybody's learned how to be invisible. It's just as easy as holding <laughs> your breath and like wishing real hard that you're invisible because they all God, do it. God, I wish I could do that. Betty brings a doll that looks just like baby Anthony that they just happen to have on hand, uh, ready to go as a decoy. And they do capture Percival and get him in the stockade. And then stupidly, they just like leave him in a vault in Veronica's casino. And they're just like, this will be fine. Like This will be good. He's obviously a supernatural entity, but we're we're fine with this. And he does break out. Well, he summons his crickets. Yeah. He su- I think they're locusts. Are they? I mean, that's the plague, right? They don't look like the locusts we know. <laughs> are you very familiar with locusts? <laughs> no, but like cicadas are locusts. No, they're not. <laughs> I thought they were. They're different insects. Well, they look like crickets. Tonight on Insect Hour, we talk about the difference between cicadas and locusts. This is what this show does to us. (laughs) Regardless. Sorry. The bugs help him out. Whatever bugs they are, they help him out of the stockade somehow. We don't get to see how, but they do. Mm -hmm. Similarly, we don't get to see how he unlocks the vault, but he does. And he's out. And he goes immediately to kill Nana Rose, which is great. I mean, that's kind of what I've been wishing for for a long time. But prior to that, Nana Rose went up in flames. Yeah, she sure did. Cheryl tried to carry Percival from across town, and it backfired big time. Yes. And Nana Rose caught fire. <laughs> and the best, I let, I know it's bad to do, but some, I forget who it was, asked Cheryl, like, how is Nana Rose doing? And she's like, Heather's rubbing healing cells yeah. all over her as we speak. I'm like, ew. It reminded me, we just did X, it kind of reminded me of that. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Go listen to our episode on X if you yeah. want to hear more about old people and sexy things. So, I mean, I feel like Nana Rose could not have survived being a flame like that. There's just no <laughs> way. She's elderly and, you know, a, a healthy person would have been very, very damaged by that. She would have died. She is frail. So, whatever. She does survive only for Percival to then suffocate her later. Which, again, I was celebrating until I realized that everybody else was dying and that they were just going to bring everybody back from the dead. And I was like, God damn it. I just want Nana Rose <laughs> to die. <laughs> I'm so sick of her shit. I know. So, yeah, that, the last plague is the firstborn child dying. So Archie oh. dies. Don't Fangs and Tony. Tony, both yeah, they both die. Uh, Jughead dies. Britta die? I don't remember that. I, um, I don't remember. 
Lots of people died. Yeah. Pop Tate didn't die. That's all that matters. (laughs) So this is when Heather's like, oh, I know somebody who can fix this. And it's obviously Sabrina Spellman coming back because we all wanted that. We were all asking for it. Yeah. Clamoring for it. So we're going to get that. And then while we're still discussing plagues, (laughs) we have to talk about the union for a minute. Oh, okay. Because the plagues are all because Percival wants the strike to stop, which is Mm -hmm. kind of dramatic, but whatever. And Tabitha and Archie talk the crew into staying on strike, and then the plagues continue. And then Archie's like, we have to stop the strike. And then he goes back, (laughs) and they're like, you just told us that we should stay on strike. And so, like, that's what we're going to do. And then after they do that, the the Boyle's plague comes about. And I actually really... That was disgusting. It was. I didn't watch it, because I I knew where it was going. But I really enjoyed how Percival did that, where he literally boiled little figurines. Yeah. (laughs) The wordplay there I actually thought was funny. I'm like, um, but they don't even look like them. No, yeah, they were like little baseball players. And yeah. <laughs> it's just not what they are. <laughs> like little um uh, jockeys. Yeah. Horse jockeys. But I guess close enough. And then Archie, to get him to stop the plagues, or to get him to stop torturing the crew, volunteers to work on the railroad all by himself. With his superhuman strength. Yeah, that's what gives us our beautiful Archie abs of the episode. Yeah. So, fine, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's all well and good, I guess. So, let's talk about Jughead now. I don't understand any of this. I think you want to hear my theory. I do. Please tell me. I feel like you know it, but... I probably... I think I know what you're going to say, but go right ahead. I think this is the whole Rivervale part at the end where if the only way Jughead could survive is if he keeps writing Rivervale, write that whole thing. I think that's coming like that's catching up with him because he said the only time he can write like the voices stop is when he's writing right so i mean is your theory that the river vale jughead and the river dale jughead are like merging um not yet (laughs) but that's where it's going that's where it's going yeah but as of right now that's why he has to seclude himself and all that because he's doing what deal was at the end of Rivervale, like that last episode of Rivervale, when narrator Jughead tells Jughead, you have to, the only way we'll let you guys survive is if you keep writing. Right. But I guess, I just don't understand why it's happening. You know, like, are the universes colliding and there can only be one or? Can only be one. I mean, now Riverdale Jughead is dead, and Rivervale Jughead was just standing there like, huh, that was weird. So if Riverdale Jughead was helping to keep Rivervale going by writing, he, he dead now. So, and if that was Rivervale Jughead, why isn't he writing? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. And, and here's the problem. It's never going to make sense. Even when they explain it to us, even when they give us the resolution, whatever they say, it's not going to make sense. We already know that. That's just Riverdale 101. Yes. So I don't think we should try and like work too hard to figure it out because whatever it is, it's going to be bullshit. Yeah, I thought I was onto something. No, I don't think that that's a bad theory. I actually think that's probably pretty close to what it's going to be. But it just it doesn't make sense because the pieces that they're giving us don't make sense. (laughs) We can't we can't make art out of out of all these broken shards of plot. We can't do it. But it is what it is. I 
But La Llorona came for him, too. Yeah. That, and Cheryl, um, like, Midsummer Cheryl <laughs> came came after yes. him. as So, and I don't know what that means. Like, they're stealing his stories, and then what? Going back to Rivervale with them? But isn't Rivervale Jughead writing those stories? Like... <sighs> And they don't like it, maybe, and that's why they're stealing it. Because <laughs> they don't want their life to go in that direction. I don't know. <laughs> that's my only explanation for that. Well, your own is like, this fucking slanderous prick. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing this shit out. Oh, my God. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I don't know. That would be great, though. I'm just afraid. I'm afraid of where it's all going. It's all going to mm-hmm. be nonsense. I feel like that's all for the plot, right? <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because you're right. <laughs> My notes are done. I'm just trying to go back now to see if I called anything out that deserves mention. Oh, Percival early on in the episode is referring to his plagues and he says something about reptiles and insects and the only plagues we've seen so far are the frogs escaping from the science lab and the swarm of flies um but like frogs are not reptiles they're amphibians so percival's an idiot (laughs) and so am i for thinking locusts and uh (laughs) cicadas are the same common mistake i also was really excited when cheryl finally voiced my plan to like just try to kill percival oh she's like i'm just gonna kill him have we tried burning him like i like that should have been plan A, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just trying to kill him. Right. But whatever. I also don't know what the point was of the poison cheeseburger for a drughead. Just to make him vulnerable or something? I don't know, because he was already having those weird dreams. And I think La Llorona had already come out after him at that point, or after mm-hmm. his story. And then he saw the cheeseburger, and then I think that's when Cheryl came. So Right. Unless maybe that was part of it. Did she poison them in that episode of Rivervale? She poisoned people? I don't remember. I don't remember either. I just remember her killing Archie. Stupid. Um, oh, also good to know there is a toilet slash plumbing in the bunker. Yes. Because we saw Jughead vomit into it, so that's great. Guy's gotten the shit out of the... He's, along with Kevin, he's gotten Honestly, the shit Honestly, he had the, the best stick. time this episode. He just had to deal with himself and his own nonsense down there. They were all dealing with... He was a little crazy, though. Biblical plagues. Well, for sure, but everybody is. Things that, like, nobody would believe him if he tried to explain it kind of thing. And that just makes you crazier. Yeah. Oh, one thing, if we go back to baby Anthony for a second, when Betty's, like asking Percival what do you want he's like well I would have thought that it was obvious what what would have made it obvious because I on I honestly had forgotten all about baby Anthony playing any part in this mm-hmm. until we did all this in this episode and for Percival to say like oh I thought it was obvious I want baby Anthony I'm like at what point was that obvious what about this screamed like I want this baby right and she wasn't the one he told that episode that we found right. out he yeah told Kevin Right. So, like, what has he done so far besides that? But he was talking to his own people at that point. Like, right. what has he done to indicate I'm that trying he to wants think. the baby? <laughs> He's like, you idiot. Obviously, I want this child. And it's like, wait, what? Yeah, I don't. good question. I can't. I'm full of them. Full of them tonight. Well, we got our questions, no answers. Again, classic Riverdale. Mm-hmm. But my last comment is about Fang's wedding vows. Because he starts with that moronic thing of like, if someone had told me, you know, when we were becoming serpents together, that one day we'd be getting married, I would have laughed. And like, honestly, if my husband, if my like future husband ever started wedding vows like that, I'd walk out. Like, really? (laughs) 
Like, it was that unbelievable to you that we would get married one day? Fuck you. How dare you? Well, he also thought he was, like, gay then. No? (laughs) I mean, I guess that's true. So maybe that's what he meant by it? Like, he thought he was just one way, and now he's both ways, but primarily the other way. It was weird. It was also weird Cheryl mentioned baby Anthony and that they were a big happy family or something, and then you don't actually see baby anthony at the wedding no somebody's watching who's watching him yeah Not i Anna don't know Rose. But, like he should have been there <laughs> yeah especially if cheryl's gonna mention it and the fact that they're a family now so stupid and there was one scene where bangs had his hair up in a bun and i was like damn boy <laughs> you are gorgeous <laughs> i don't know why he couldn't have tamed hair for his wedding though because he's a wild serpent bad boy <laughs> i don't know <laughs> Wild serpent. Wild serpent bad boy. But yeah, so this is where we're at. I really don't understand all the religious undertones that this season Mm -mm. is taking. We've stated a lot on this podcast that we're not religious people. And so I think I find it very tedious and it's a lack of creativity, honestly. Yeah. But I mean, how hard would it have been to come up with a different type of villain that isn't and we're still not understanding why, though. Yeah, like, exactly. Why is he here? Yeah, what is Percival? Like, is he the devil? Is he some other kind of biblical being that is evil? Right. I, I, we don't know. And if it's if it's seriously going to continue in this vein where it is something religious, like, I'm very sick of it. I don't like it. Well, what? We have three more. And then we have, like, a whole other season. <laughs> I know. We have another break as of the 4th of July. Yes. But we do have movies and they are exciting ones. Yes. I think we'll like, well, we think you'll like them. I don't know why I couldn't get that out. <laughs> we have uh, The Sand coming out on July 5th. Perfect for beach season. Yes. The week after that, we have Willie's Wonderland, which we're doing that movie because you got me into watching <laughs> guys play video games on YouTube. <laughs> Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> Five Nights at Freddy's. And uh, it's basically that with Nick Cage. Yeah, with Nick so Cage. So we'll see <laughs> how that turns out. And um, then we are going to do Old because, you know. Another perfect beach season movie. So get ready for those. And, of course, the conclusion of Riverdale. <laughs> yeah, right. That too. <laughs> don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Definitely rate and review. We love the reviews. We like the commentary, the criticism, good, bad, whatever. Don't forget there's a link in the bio to treat us to a cocktail. It is the summer. Please, please, please. So thirsty. <laughs> what else do you have? Nada. Nada. Nada for me too. Then let's uh, adios out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Hasta la vista. <laughs> and until then, that's Endgame. <laughs>